Hey guys. Hey. What's happening? We just watched Star Wars. Whoa. <laughs> I was in unison. Uh, which Star Wars? Return of the Jedi. Jedi. Is it a good story? Yeah. It's awesome. It's... What's so good about it? The end part also with the Darth Vader and Luke lightsaber battling because like, Luke just like hides and then appears out of nowhere. Um, it's just really emotional. <laughs> I was at the college last night. <laughs> And I was asking the college students what their favorite story was. So I'm going to ask you guys the same thing and see what you have to say. What's your favorite story and why? I feel like Harry Potter is my favorite book. There's a lot of events leading up to the big, to the big thing. And there's always, you always come across stuff that's like, whoa, I never knew that. Or, whoa, that's really sad. Or, whoa, now we know this about that character. Those are my kids, Simone and Gavin. Cute, right? Those two love stories. Tales told in books, movies, comics, video games. I don't know how old I was when I first read Where the Red Fern Grows, but it remains in my memory as the first chapter book in the world. I've read it a dozen times since the first. My daughter Simone, she's read it twice. For me, a kid from the South Shore of Massachusetts found the story of a boy and his dogs roaming the hills of the Ozarks was like reading about another world. Stories are powerful things. One of my favorite storytellers, Flannery O'Connor, says that a story is a way to say something that can't be said any other way. So I decided to ask a group of 20-somethings what their favorite stories are. First, here's Jen and Tim. Okay, thinking. I guess I would say for a fictional story, favorite one is Mulan. Uh, so I watched, I watched the movie every day before I went to kindergarten, and I thought Mulan was the coolest person because she could, like, save the whole country of China. So I was like, I could do something cool one day. So she was an inspiration to me. So my favorite story is uh, The Silmarillion by J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, because of the... It is super nerdy. Um, because of the depth and complexity of this world that he created out of, of out of nothingness, that he just like spent all of this time that was not originally intended to be published enormously complex history and, and character and story of this world is just fascinating to me. I expected to find more testimonies like these, stories from books and films. But I found that the majority of the students, their favorite stories weren't fictional at all, like Becca and Glenn. Uh, so when I was little, my great uncle um, Tom used to live with us. His nickname was Bubba. When I was little, Bubba would sit and tell me stories all the time. Nice. And like, he would say them over and over again and ask me about them. And we would just have fun and share stories all the time. And I loved hearing them and hear him laugh. Yeah. My favorite story is uh, hearing my father-in-law have probably a little bit too much beer and then tell me the same three stories <laughs> every Sunday. I think we might be related. <laughs> yeah, for like an entire lifetime. So it's oh, great. Yeah. Uh, usually about... Um, how everything back in his day was different and more authentic and, and more American. I, I Love You Forever was a book that my mom started reading to me when I was like four. Okay. And now it's one that I can read to my own, my own kids. So it's had a relational connection my entire life. That's Jim. He has two kids of his own. His story choked me up a little. It was a good one, right? I'm Keith Martell, and this is the first episode of Story Living. Along with my friend Brian Jensen, we'll be talking with people living out their own stories. What's more, we want us to specifically come to understand how their narrative and purpose intersects with the big stories of the scriptures. 
We'll be talking with a woman who has committed her life to healing the wounds of international sex trafficking, a local politician serving on the streets of a small old steel mill town, a dad who writes for other parents, and many, many more. Today we give you an introduction to storied living. We're glad you're here. Consider this episode the once upon a time. Hi, Brian. Hi. What's this going is on? Fun. <laughs> this is fun. I'm really excited about this podcast. You are? Yeah. Why is that? Well, are we allowed to say that we've started interviewing? This uh, is going to be an interview show. It's going to be an interview yeah. show, and it's called Storied Living. Yep. And what was so exciting about the interviews we've done? Well, the podcast is about stories, uh-huh. and uh, we'll we'll explain more of that as we go along. But it's I love listening to people's stories. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the one of my favorite things to do is as I um, travel or meet with people, um, I work with students. One of my favorite questions is just, what's going on? You're like, what's your story? What's Sometimes your story? I'll just ask yeah. it like that. What's your story? Uh, and then it's pretty open-ended and people will talk about whatever. Yeah. Nice. So we have like five interviews already in the can. And the idea of this podcast is to not just talk about people's own stories and the intersection of their personal stories and the story of the scriptures, but also kind of their life vocation. So each interview will have a theme and yeah, we'll explore that theme and see where it goes. It'll be fun for us to share the stories that we hear with you. Um, Even with the people that we've interviewed so far, we know them well, but we've learned new things about them. Yep. And the the goal is to interview people uh that we know very little about their story and learn learn more things about them and and then it'll be fun to share those with you and I hope you're excited to hear uh a lot of stories. Yeah, nice. I mean, and not only that, the fun thing about doing this podcast is I've found already that it's you know, each interview session that we've done has both inspired me and kind of convicted me to live yeah. live into the story that is laid out in the scriptures more holy and with uh, better integration in my own life. And so this is a great, you know, doing the podcast, is, it's like a great act of discipleship as well. Well, I would say that's true for me too. Uh-huh. Um, and what you'll hear a lot is us refer to the story of the scriptures. Uh, and one thing we want to make clear is that uh, that is the ultimate story we always want to point back to and that that helps point us in our daily lives in the in the right direction. So as we talk about stories, Brian, what is it about stories that is so powerful? Because in some ways, you know, stories are all around us, but um, what is it about stories in the lives of, you know, people being in the world that, yeah, so moving or so powerful? You talk about it in such a way. Yeah, I think that, uh, well, you go back and I think we're actually designed as a storied people. I think that's important to remember that um, uh, one of the one of the things we get from the scriptures is that the story uh, is, is powerful, and that as we each live our own story, uh, which we do, and uh, every every human has a story uh, with a plot and a setting and and characters and and tragedy and victory, um, and there's been some great actually research showing that our brains, uh, when you map it out. Um, follow a storyline and so uh, for example uh, Princeton did some great research mapping brainwaves in a in a storyteller and a story and with story listeners and there's actually things happening 
uh, in our brainwaves when we listen to stories. So stories are a very powerful thing. Um, and that's exciting to watch as, uh, you know, even from the youngest of ages, if you watch children, they're captured by stories. Their imaginations yeah. just run wild mm -hmm. with stories. Um, and each of us have young kids and we watch that over the years take place. So it's just a, it's a fascinating thing. Right. Nice. So as we talk about stories, yes, Keith, Brian, <laughs> explain, we were just talking a little bit about the grand narrative, the story of the scriptures. Um, help our listeners understand what we mean by that when we yeah. talk about the story of the scriptures. Yeah. And it's interesting because um, we live and, and worship and teach in a community of people that uh, has kind of latched onto this idea of the grand narrative, right? That the scriptures aren't a set of discrete stories disconnected from one another meant to teach uh, either morality tales or, but that, Genesis through Revelation is a seamless story about reality, right? And so the story I like to tell about about this is, you know, I walk, uh, we write about, I write about, it's kind of the opener for our book, Storied Leadership, is the day that I came down and, and my daughter, Simone, who was only five at the time, uh, was standing in the kitchen with her, you know, her brow knit and she looks up at me and I look at her and I said, Simone, what's happening? And she said, what's it all about? And I looked at her and she was just, you know, she's so cute. And she said, Dad, we work, we get up, we sleep, we make money, we go to bed, we buy stuff, we play, we go to school, we get up, we work. And she went on and on and on. I was like, whoa, 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 Simone. <laughs> and she just, I, like her eyes were glassing up and she said, what's it all about? And it struck me that my daughter was asking the most fundamental questions about reality. Yep. And what... I told her was, you know, there are stories that answer these questions that you're asking. And for us, it's the story of the scriptures told to a people for the sake of explaining reality. And, you know, even even thinking about the Old Testament, when you think about the first five books of the Bible, they were written to a people answering the exact same question that Simone was asking. Right. You know, and so whether whether it was, you know, whether Moses wrote uh, the books while they were wandering in the wilderness or if one of the prophets wrote them in exile, it's still the same situation that it's written to the people of Israel who are asking the question, what's it all about? And how's it? How's it, how does how does the writer do it? He says in the beginning. Right. Listen to the story. Yeah. Here. Here it is. Here's who God is. Here is what the world is like. Here is what things were supposed to be like. Here's the problem. Here's the solution. Do you think more people should be asking questions like Simone? Yeah. <clears throat> right. And that's that's why we point to the story. And and actually, you know, we'll we'll talk about our book, Storied Leadership. Uh, and if you want a link, check out the show notes. But we I don't know if we ask enough of those questions. I, and by we, I mean humans yep. <laughs> living in the 21st century. Um, because whether we realize it or not, we're being shaped by stories or, or or bigger story, whether it's the story of the scriptures, whether it's the story of uh, individualism, whether it's the story of accomplishment right. or fill in the blank. Yep. And I don't know if enough of us ask the right questions. Yeah, that's right. 
good. And and just this week in class, when we were talking about stories, I mean, ultimately, we were talking about how in our sector in higher education that people are shaped by the story of, you know, the Enlightenment project, whether they know it or not. That is, we're shaped by this kind of modern uh, perspective that highly values and looks to technology, science, and the economy as kind of our saviors. They're our point of ultimate concern. Right. Even as we confess uh, Jesus is Lord with our lips, we still live as though those things are our prime uh, shapers, the prime shapers in our lives. And for in my field uh, as a faculty member, that then seeps into what I teach and what I talk about because the story, even as it's running in the background, even as we're not thinking about our story about reality explicitly, still shapes everything we say and do and all of our practices. Right. And that's ultimately why we decided to write the book is there's so many there's so many texts out there on leadership that are about the tips and tricks and techniques and even in Christian leadership then you kind of um, baptize it with a Christian ethic on leadership. And what we're trying to do, both in the podcast, but also especially in the book, is to say, hey, there's a deep, rich story about reality in the scriptures. And it's it's to, to think Christianly about leading and influencing means to understand that story well. And then have all of our leadership practices and movements flow out of the story. Right. But one of the, not but, and <laughs> one of the Come other things. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm not creating a rebuttal here. I just want uh, us to remember we see this in all areas of our life, right? And that's, uh, we, we, we happen to write a book on leadership, but then the, actually the, the subtitle is Living and Leading. <laughs> according to the the script that's right. not the <laughs> that's not the actual subtitle but the the concept is uh all of life right is is under the scriptures and and uh and that our lives in whether it's in our families in our workplaces in our neighborhoods uh need to be directed by the ultimate story but so often even though we're sit- we're sitting here talking about this and we've we've written about this we forget so easily. That's the other mm-hmm. part of the story of the Israelites is they were not good rememberers. Right. And that's back to the power of story. The the influence the story has is to continue reminding us of, that's right. of the truths. Yeah, and setting up memorials around ourselves, right. right? And so, I mean, one of my favorite stories in the scriptures, in the Old Testament especially, is when the Israelites go into the promised land and they're told, you know, take a a stone, right, and set up this memorial uh, as a way to remember what God has done, right? This How God has brought you liberty, that God has provided for you during wandering, and that God has ultimately given you the, you know, the promised land, this beautiful place. And they set up this monument, and it's even said, like, your kids are going to ask you, what does that, what does that big pile of rocks mean? Yeah. Right? And that becomes a catalyst for you to talk about the story, right? Tell the story over and over and over again. Right. And that's the importance of remembering and why, you know, for example, I work with college students. That's my arena in my professional work. 
and I so easily see uh, young adults uh, even that might say, oh, yeah, that the story of the scriptures is true. But the, the power of sto- of another story so easily influences. So it's either the story of, of uh, you know, broken family or the story of, of uh, you know, fear of failure or whatever it might be. The, 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 I like that you said the catalyst of remembering is to make sure that we're always pointing back to the ultimate story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think what you said there is so important because there's like this notion of having like a meta story. So the story of the scriptures is like this big picture story about reality and what it means to be human and the nature of, you know, the earth and our role as cultivators and all of these things. But then we also each and every one of us have a kind of, uh, you know, micro narrative. That is, we live out of our own personal stories that need to be shaped by what the scriptures say we are as particular individuals as well, and not just as uh, people. And But we fall into, we always fall into these stories created about us, right? right. Whether we shape them in our head or through years of being told you're this or you're that. And the, you know, the Bible tells us, no, here's what you are. You're an image bearer filled with value, given a purpose and a task in reality. So are you talking about what the story actually does then for us? So we, we've gone back, you know, if you point back to the story uh, about Simone, uh-huh. feeling uh, or, or questioning the meaning of it all. Yeah, she was asking and, about the meaning of life at five years old. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in big trouble. <laughs> yeah. And that's, but that's important. That's, that's what I was just saying. We have to, I think we have to ask those questions on a regular basis. So <clears throat> if people feel like we're in a meaningless time, uh-huh. what does the story do for us then? Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's uh, as we record this right now, and I don't know when this will go live, but it's November and we're like two weeks after probably the most divisive election I've seen in my life. And there's like major anxiety all around us in our nation. Um, regardless of who you voted for or who you wanted to be elected, like it's hard to it's hard to argue that we're not in a time that feels unstable in our own society, in, a, in American uh, society. And so I think that the story, the story gives us a sense of stability, but there's mm-hmm. also, uh, you know, reminds us of who's in charge, right? Mm-hmm. And it also gives us kind of a, a grand historic perspective that really does shape our current perspective. You know, it, it shapes the context of where we are, helps us to understand this is, these times are not the most trying. And they're also, you know, the they're not the most um, kind of questioning times we've seen. Right. I don't know if that's if that's getting at what you're asking. How yeah. would you how would you answer your own question? What well, does the story do? <laughs> I think uh, I keep going back to one of our colleagues, friends, mentors uh, was was very good at at uh, Simone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> after Simone. Um talking about the importance of remembering and maybe that's a a theme uh, well 
a theme you'll hear and a theme that I maybe you'll hear it because I need to also remind myself often about how bad of a memory I have right. about the truth of the scriptures um, and the and the overarching narrative of the scriptures. And I think when we when we are captured by these other stories, as we've been talking about, um, to remember the story from beginning to end, and even specifically, I've been spending 2016 uh, in the Psalms almost exclusively, just going through the Psalms slowly and throughout from 1 to 150, the reminder of, no, Christ sits on the throne. He sits in his holy temple. Yeah. And and that's one of those markers, right? So uh-huh. put, I, I should put a rock somewhere yeah. <laughs> as the reminder that that the, the Lord is in charge. Um, and no matter what else is happening in the story, because that's the funny thing about stories, right? There's, there's, uh, there's the climax, and then there's, there's, there's uh, plot twists, and there's things that you don't expect in a story. But you know what? The whole story has been told, right? And we know where the story is heading. For the for those that claim Christ is King and to believe in the Holy Scriptures, we know where the story's going, even though there might be surprises along the way, right? That's the importance of remembering. And that's what the story does. Yeah. And so what we're going to be doing this in this podcast is, again, talking to people about how that grand story of the scriptures, you know, not. And this was this was the most profound thing about me when I started as a student 20 years, some odd years ago at Geneva College is I had never I'd never heard of the Bible. I I was a new Christian. I'd become a Christian like, you know, at. 16 or 17 i'd never heard of the bible as talked about in this narrative way like i thought i always thought it was a list of um rules do's and don'ts do's and don'ts uh and so i was when i finally heard about the scriptures as like a grand narrative that shapes your understanding about reality that you live out of every day it was revolutionary right and so through this podcast we're going to be talking to people that believe the scriptures are precisely that and then have them share with you all what exactly their way of living out of that story is and particularly within their little corner of the kingdom of god mm-hmm. that they work in and through yeah i would say i i myself grew up in a christian household my entire life um and and very uh thankful for that but i had a similar uh you know understanding uh of the greater narrative this 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 big worldview um concept not until my mid 20s when i started a program uh where Your master's program. my master's yeah. program in my mid 20s when uh somebody who ended up becoming a a personal and professional mentor for me explained this whole narrative and the concept of of considering right. this bigger picture and and really what was uh what, what what i realized was there's there's um in everything thinking christianly right comes out of the the narrative of the scriptures uh and we have to do it in every aspect of our lives and no matter what corner of the kingdom we serve in it has to influence there yeah nice so we have some exciting shows coming up um and we hope that you enjoy them and we are looking forward to doing more so there we are Welcome to Storied Living Podcast.
Hey everybody, Keith here again. Thanks for joining us for the first episode of Story Living Podcast. We hope you like what you heard. Join us in episode two when we interview Nicole Bromley, the executive director of One Voice for Freedom, a nonprofit organization committed to stopping child sex trafficking around the world. Not only do we talk to Nicole about her current work, but we also discuss the way that her own story impacted her passion to free those struggling in the world of sexual brokenness. If you like the show, drop us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. And if you want to know more about the Storied Living Project, stop by storiedliving.space. There you can sign up for our mailing list so you don't miss coming attractions. See you next week.